Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today I am going solo once again. And we are going to start off the show just like always. And I'm going to give out a couple shout outs to the top three cities listening to my show this week. Number one is a new number one. It is Winewood, Pennsylvania. That is pretty sweet. I had, I don't think I've ever had Pennsylvania on the top 10. So shout out to everyone listening in Winewood, Pennsylvania. Number two is LA in California. Shout out to those guys. I will be going to Long Beach uh, for the Perform Better. So if any of you coaches out there uh, going to Perform Better in Long Beach, make sure you say hi to me when I'm there. Uh, and number three, a new um, top city. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing this right. It's uh, Dunedin, New Zealand. Pretty sweet that I have people all over the world listening to me. And uh, shout out to everyone who hasn't made out to the list. I'm pretty sure you're going to pop up there eventually. Um, so I wanted to bring up a couple other things before we get into the you know, nuts and bolts of this episode, but I got to get, I got to be interviewed um, by another podcast uh, named Revolutionary You by Jason Leonards this past week, and I gotta say, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty weird to be on the other end where I'm not asking the questions, but I'm talking the entire time. And, you know, the interview is about 40 minutes, and honestly, I feel like I scratched the surface of my story and, you know, what I do and who I am, because we didn't really talk about that much about fitness and health, but more of who I was as a person. And I was like, man, I wish I could, you know, get interviewed for like, I don't know, two to three hours to kind of give you guys like who I am entirely because I've been interviewing all these people. I have done these, you know, solo episodes, but you still don't really know the like meat and potatoes of who I am. So I'm actually currently looking for another person to interview me for my show and make it into like a two to three hour type of thing where I'm going to break it up into a couple episodes. But uh, so stay tuned for my first podcast interview where I'm the guest um, I believe it's going to be posted in March, and um, keep your eyes out for my solo episode for this show, and uh, I just got to figure out who I'm going to ask to interview me. Um, and the other thing is that I did have an interview set up with one guest that I posted uh, this past week, but unfortunately, Skype, Google Hangout, Facebook Live did not work. Instagram Live worked, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take the audio from it uh, and just post it in, edit it, and it'll be all good. But as I looked at the video that I saved because of the internet connection, I'm assuming everything was delayed. So when my guest finished speaking, I was already talking with the next question. So I have an emergency guest that's going to be coming on, uh, Andy Morgan who is a nutritional and macro genius when it comes to getting guys ripped. So I'm really excited to get him on the show finally because 
his time difference, he lives in Japan, and they are 17 hours ahead, so things just never lined up, and the time that I screwed up with one of my guests, and this was a last-minute thing, he said yes, so I'm super excited to interview him. Now, let's get into the good stuff for this show. So, if you've been following me the last couple weeks, I did a couple posts about um, doing an assessment for my sister-in-law where she was complaining that she had pain in her hip while squatting. And, um, you know, I got a lot of good feedback. People were asking me questions like, oh, what did you do? Like, what assessment did you give her? So I thought I would just like break it all down here because, you know, writing it out and doing a couple videos doesn't do it justice. So to kind of give some background to um, the client. So I'm going to use this almost like, a case study. So my sister-in-law, um, she is 22, 23 years old. So, you know, young, hasn't had any kind of serious injury. She used to uh, run high level track in high school, stopped, and now she's kind of on the quest to get back into shape again like she was back in high school. So she started working out on her own and has been kind of following the stuff that I've been putting out. And, um, one day she noticed that when she was squatting she had like a sharp pain pulling through her what was it left hip yep left hip and um she asked me hey like this happened like what should i do and automatically like any coach out there should know this when you hear a client say hey this really hurts when i do this you stop and then you refer out um so her being like every other client did not go to physio or Cairo because clients never listen to advice that you give them unless you like really hammer it through. So I told her, okay, obviously you're not gonna go to physio or Cairo, but let me like take a look at you, see what we can, you know, kind of figure out, and hopefully I can help you. So the one thing that I got online was, you know, people ask me, okay, what assessment are you doing with clients? So you know, over the years, I've taken so many certifications, um, watched a bunch of different DVDs and lectures and been to conferences, and I've kind of developed my own little assessment um, system. And, you know, if I actually put in a lot of time and effort, I will take about 30 minutes to get through that assessment. So if I had to explain what the assessment is, it's a combination of the FMS, uh, TPI, Eric Cressy's Assess and Correct and some other ones I've picked up over the years and kind of meshed it all together to kind of give me a, a blueprint of how this individual moves and functions. And this is what I tell, you know, a new client that comes in that's a, and I tell them that, all right, so when we do this assessment, all this is going to give me is a blueprint of how you move. And also it's going to give me any movement that you experience pain or it just doesn't move that well. And they're like, oh, okay. And I tell them right off the bat, I'm like, I can't diagnose what the hell's going on in your body other than, hey, this is tight. Hey, when you do this, it hurts. Let's not do that. And let's refer you out to a physio or chiro. So for all the newer coaches listening, I would highly recommend get, getting your FMS level one, then look at the level two, also look at TPI, which is also influenced heavily by the FMS. 
same kind of principles and concepts, but it doesn't have a scoring system and it's a pass or fail. And that's one of the things I've been telling um, my intern I have right now is that, you know, the FMS has a scoring system, but I personally have shied away from it because now there's so much, you know, if I had a client, I scored their FMS and they moved away and they went to another coach and I said, hey, this client scores a 18 out of 21, but then the new coach um, FMSs them and they get a 15 and they're like, hey, their squat was actually a two, not a three. So there's a lot of room for error on that part. So I just look at, can they do the movement? Yes or no? Do they have trouble with it? Let's break it down layer by layer and figure it out. So that's how my assessment kind of works is, you know, I use the building blocks of the FMS and say their squat doesn't look that great. I peel off layers to figure out what the hell's going on and that gives me more information and the other assessments I picked up over the years, I put those into the layers to figure it out. So an example is, um, you know, the FMS squat, you have them in an overhead position, they squat down, it looks horrible. I go, okay, let's elevate the heels, which is done in the FMS. It improves a little bit, I'm like, okay, I take the dowel away, cross their arms in front, kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger front squat. It improves, okay, maybe there's um, something with uh, shoulders, maybe there's something with hips or something with ankles. Next thing, I check ankle mobility, which is from the TPI, and then it gives me more information. And then from there, knowing that, say, they had some sort of, like, shoulder issue, I go into, like, an external internal rotation assessment to see if they have anything there. And it just layer by layer, right? So I take the backbone of the FMS, and with each correlating movement, I've added my own little assessments to it to give me more information. And I think as you get into the industry I think you should do that I think you should experiment with other assessments to give you more information and that's going to better your experience with your client and your client's going to appreciate that extra attention now going back to my sister-in-law there was a couple things I noticed so in her squat um there wasn't sharp pain she just said that you know I kind of I could feel it and she would shift her weight to the opposite side So obviously that's a movement pattern that she developed because ever since she injured her hip or whatever the hell is going on, um, her body now found a way to do the movement differently so it won't experience pain. And that's what the body usually tends to do is whatever you injure, you injure your ankle, your whole body is going to change your gait to not put so much pressure on the ankle to cause pain. So your body will try to maneuver around pain And you can kind of use the same concept. So I came up with this idea, like, you know, if your body naturally does that with any kind of injured joint, why not you as a coach do the same thing with your programming, like move away from the injury, but still address it at the same time. Um, So as we went further along, um, you know, we checked shoulders, shoulders were fine. Um... Her uh, T-spine rotation left and right was fine. Um, When we got to the active straight leg raise, she got a three on each side. If you're scoring it, like no issues whatsoever. I'm like, okay, it's not a stability issue. And then we went into the toe touch. She had a little bit of a struggle to get down to her toes. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a mobility problem. 
and then I checked her hip internal and external rotation and honestly like both sides were uh, pretty tight but the injured side she definitely had um, a huge restriction and to a certain point of internal rotation of her left hip she felt that same pain and I'm like okay now we figured out like whatever you're doing internally on your hip there's there's shit going on and I just told her like this is as far as I can get to kind of figure out what the hell's going on with your body so this is where I would love to send you to a chiro or physio to kind of figure out what you should be doing and then I um took it a step further and checked like glute meat strength you know who knew that like there's no surprise that on her left side which is her injured side super weak compared to her non-injured side so i'm like okay there's that too and then we did a video uh assessment of her squat and i looked at it and already like i posted the video so if you go on my social media you'll see this if you look at her posture She's in such a lordotic state that you can literally see how tight her hip flexors are. So she has that arch already. And I'm like, okay. She has really, really tight hip flexors. And when we did the hurdle step, she had to externally rotate her left and right hip to get over that hurdle. And I'm like, okay. She's also running on her own. So the fact that she has limited hip flexion to be able to run her strides, she's probably always going into that, that internal rotation run that I've seen a lot of people do when they're tight on their hips. And I'm like, okay, well, you're practicing a dysfunctional pattern over and over again. And then you combine it with some like weight training on top of it, then yeah, your body's about to like implode and injure itself. And then when we further looked at um, her video of her squad, if you notice like the before and after video I posted, you know, she has great depth and then she also has that butt wink and, you know, it's a heavily debated thing like, you know, should you butt wink, should you not? And in my opinion, when it comes to people dealing with pain, maybe you shouldn't go to full depth that you can. I think it's, she has more of a pelvic pelvic floor dysfunction when it comes to stability because her hips are all over the place when it comes to core stability um so when i looked at her squat i'm like okay we're gonna give you some stability that you need i'm gonna teach you where your range is like i i use the analogy that you know you have a car your body's a car and there's so many different moving parts for it to all the work so in my sister-in-law bless her situation, her brakes didn't work. So the fact that she would go past 90 degrees in her squat, have her butt wing, her hip would hurt, she just didn't know when to use her brakes. So I wanted to rearrange how her brain transmits information to her body to tell her body to stop at certain points of her squat and learn how to use the brakes and stop and then come back up in your squat. So this was a sequence. I wanted to have her learn how to breathe because if you've been reading anything to do with fitness and health, breathing is huge. So that's step, like baby step number one. So I got her in a supine position, knees up, 
one hand on her belly, one hand on her chest, and I told her, I want you to breathe into your hand on your belly 10 times. No surprise here, she could not do it. So after some coaching cues and after explaining what I wanted her to do, she started getting the idea. I'm like, okay, perfect. Now we're building a little bit more awareness of what I want you to do. Then I got her into a quadruped position, so a bird dog position, wider with her feet, and I put um, like two tension relief system balls or blue balls or whatever you want to call them on her lower back. I told her where to find her neutral spine, how I want her pelvis because I didn't want her to be arching so much. And we did simple rock backs with the breathing and telling her where to stop before her hips would do that butt wink. We did that a couple times. Now she's getting some feedback with the balls on her lower back. If it rolls back and forth, I want those to stay still. Now she has that external feedback of where she needs to stop. And then we went into a half kneel position and I got her to do a simple hip flexor rock back with the idea of her back foot on the toe, tilting her pelvis forward, squeezing her bum. And I made sure on that left side where her knee was down, I asked her, do you have pain? She's like a little bit. I'm like, okay, just ease off. Don't go into that zone where you feel pain. Just rock back gently. And at the same time, we are still practicing her breathing. Now we're getting things you know, going. And the last thing I got her to do was something called the face the wall squat. So this is a corrective exercise I give to so many of my clients. For those who don't know what the face the wall squat is, is you literally face the wall with your body and you squat as low as possible without your face, your knees uh, touching. And this will give you an idea of where you're allowed to squat for depth. So obviously if you go toes touching to the wall, it's gonna be really difficult. So I tell people, you know, find the happy medium. Don't be too far off that you can squat easily. Don't be so close that you can't squat at all. Find that middle ground. So we found her middle ground and like who knew, she would stop right around 90 degrees in her squat and I'm like, okay, we're gonna do 10 reps of that and I want you to remember where you stop. Like make mental notes every time you stop at the bottom and then drive up with that breathing that we've been practicing. She's like, okay. Then with all that, we did only one set of everything. I'm like, okay, let's film your squat again. And if you go back to that video, her squat improved tremendously. I'm like, boom, you see this? This is what you need to be doing in your squat to make sure that you're not gonna injure yourself again. And we did a couple of things also with her foot position, right? Because she would usually squat with her toes straight. And again, if you know anything about the FMS, squatting with your toes straight is going to make it really difficult for your hips to go into um, good depth. So we went a little bit wider of her stance. We actually rotated her left foot outwards a little bit more than her right because of her injury. And when we had her finished product of her squat, she had no pain squatting. So I'm like, perfect. This is what I want you to do every time you squat. So those little correctives can be part of her warm-up. And then now she has that confidence, knows how to use her brakes, aka, you know, in her car, and she's able to work out without pain. And I think this is what good coaches should kind of get across to their clients that, hey, you know, if you injured your shoulder or your knee or whatever have you, there's still a chance for the coach to figure out a way to have you exercising without pain. 
And I think if coaches took the time to figure out how people move and do a little like extra assessment to figure out different ways to have them move, then why not have them exercise and at the same time still take them to physio and Cairo to give you more information, right? I always tell all my clients, your body's a giant puzzle, um, like a giant puzzle. The more pieces you can find to add to it, then you'll have the broader picture. So, you know, me doing this assessment only gave me, say, two more pieces to the puzzle, but then if she ended up going to physio and Cairo and they did their magic of whatever they're doing, they can figure out a lot more pieces, send that information to me, and now I have a very individualistic approach to this client. Now, that was a lot of information, and maybe for the newer coaches, they were just like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Which is okay. And this is what I was telling my intern, is that you know when I first got certified through the FMS, you know I'd take people through the FMS, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It took time to see patterns, see like common trends that you know this client had the same thing with this client and then over the years of learning other stuff about the fms and movement it all kind of came together and now i have a really good understanding of it so the more you can assess people even filming them when you're assessing them so you can make mental notes see what worked see what uh, didn't and you'll have a pretty solid foundation of how to assess people So I'm just going to end it there. If people have more questions about how I assess people, what my thoughts are on pain and movement and where the line draws in when it comes to, I can't train you, you need to go see somebody, feel free to reach out on Facebook, Instagram, email, what do you got to do? And again, please, 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 please share this podcast and, you know, post it on Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest or whatever social media crap you're on because I want to build this podcast into one of the biggest most successful podcasts in fitness and health there is and i need your help to do so so until next week you guys we'll chat then